Alright, welcome to the Silver Spoon and Roll postgame show. I'm your host, Raj Chapalu, joined, I believe, by Anthony Irwin. Anthony, the first win, our first win here, <laughs> finally. I can stop um, saying how many losses in a row or, you know, breaking this worst loss record or whatever. Um, but my question to you is, uh, when's the uh, parade? Um, should I start planning now or is it too early? Uh, isn't it going on now? Like, isn't there <laughs> – We're. I. I – was told there was streaking involved. I I started spraying champagne all over my house. Uh, Jen's gonna be livid when she wakes up and and sees that Callie, our dog, is is hung over from drinking all of the champagne that I sprayed everywhere. Yeah, no, this was this was it was great. And I, I thought I you know I'm gonna get out of your way for the most part here, but I thought the two things that really stuck out to me. One, you know, obviously Russ looked great, has looked a lot better in this bench role as, yeah. as just about everybody predicted. And then two, I thought the fans were great. Like I thought, mm-hmm. I thought it was a crowd and it remains a fan base that like desperately wants to get behind a good team, a team that is worthy of, of that kind of passion. And I thought, you know, uh, given, given how the, the awkward way that the night started where, Jeannie doesn't present George Mikan with the retired jersey. <laughs> a little awkward. Uh, and... mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to notice. Nobody noticed. I promise, Jeannie. Um, going from that to, to the way that they kind of uh, wrapped things up there and, and really kind of executed down the stretch in the half court, like that was, it was, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, finally. And, you know, like I've been trying to preach, it's hard to preach process, right? When you're losing, like that, like there's a point where like the process has to, tender some type of result and you know you just can't be losing five in a row that just doesn't happen I talked about before it's the first time LeBron started a season um that he's lost his first five games since his rookie year we finally get a win and I thought all that like process stuff kind of all worked out tonight like we finally hit our threes we hit our we hit 43 percent of them and we don't have to hit at that percentage but just a couple of them going down just makes your margin for error so much larger and I thought Denver just did the best that they could. I mean, they hit some tough shots. Aaron Gordon, step back three. Jamal Murray, uh, turnaround jumper. That went in uh, over AD um, with a super high contest. Um, and I thought it showed a lot of resolve, right, that they were able to come back from that and keep the game closed. Lonnie Walker went off. Uh, but I want to start with, with uh, Russell Westbrook because I thought this season has been, you know, interesting, obviously, with all the trade stuff around. And you talked about the crowd. Uh, I think, you know, the crowd's been very clear. They want a player that – if you go back and look at the film last year, it's a lot of, you know, mostly just defensive plays where he looks checked out or, you know, the drives to the rim with the layups that go off. And he's still missing a lot of layups at the basket, but it just looks more controlled. It looks like Ham is able to harness that energy in a particular place. He's coming off the bench, but he's still playing 32 minutes. He's still playing a bunch of minutes next to LeBron um, as the ball handler. still playing a lot of minutes next to Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn, guys who need the basketball. But it just looks a lot better. The spacing looks a lot more improved. Um, there was a play today, uh, I believe it was before the end of the third quarter, uh, where the play was that, I believe, uh, right before the end of the third, where Russ brought the ball up, um, and, you know, they, AD and everyone was making sure the spacing was correct, and the play was for Russ to attack um, Brown, I, I don't know his first name on the on the Denver Nuggets, I forgot his first name on the Bruce? Denver Nuggets, Bruce, uh, no, 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 not that Brown, the, uh, the other Brown, the other one? Uh, yeah, I think there's another, or Braun, do I have that, let me, oh, Braun. Uh, Yes, 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 bronze. Sorry. Yes, yes. The white, the white guy. Um, it was the, the play was for Russ to attack him on a mismatch. He drove it by him, found Austin Reeves in the corner. Reeves pump fake, got to the basket and won. It capped off an 18 to two 
run to end the third. Just like that's the type of stuff I think that we just didn't see last year. Number one with the spacing, number two with the Russ driving with some type of purpose um, in an offense that makes sense. And off the bench, again, just a, a really great night for him. Six for 12 from the field, 18 points. He led the league. He led the – not the league, sorry, the team of plus minus <laughs> uh, in, uh, with, a, with a plus 18. Uh, it was fun, and you're, you're right. The crowd just looked like they accepted it, and they, I think they mentioned it on the broadcast as well, Russ kind of taking it in, right, and that was, that was just a lot of fun to see tonight. Yeah, one of, like, my, my folks are in town, so we were watching the game. This is the first Lakers game I've been able to watch with my dad in a while. And we were laughing because he made a three. I think it was, like, the second or maybe mm-hmm. the, third, the second three that he hit. And he paused before he shot it, and you could hear the crowd kind of rumble a little bit yeah. as he was getting ready to go up. And he winds up making it, and he yells at the crowd. <laughs> I thought that was incredible. Uh, that he's like he's like shushing his own home crowd um, uh, after it made three. I thought that was just great, and and yeah, like he he winds up kind of sort of sealing the game with that left-handed layup. And you mm-hmm. know, again, like just from just, I know he he likes to present himself in this way that like he doesn't care what people thinks and and the hashtag why not stuff and and bleep you, I'm Russell Westbrook. Um, but he is still a human being, and he still grew up in this in in that city, and he and he still grew up rooting for this Lakers team, and and playing for the Lakers, and having a Lakers crowd go nuts for him as he seals a game against mm-hmm. a playoff contender like that. That has to feel good. That has to feel really, really good. And and that moment was really awesome. And and I I want to combine a couple points that um, you made a second ago. One being that like if the Lakers just make a couple threes. Um, that they that they open up their margin for error and and then you also use an example of Reeves uh capping off a run with yeah. that and one um on the baseline and and I think like it's the timely threes right for it's sure. the it's the 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 threes that force a timeout it's the threes that like extend a a 5 point run a 50 run into an 80 run and it really feels like meaningful at, at the end of that three it's it's like you know, you 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 don't know anything about baseball, so this is kind of <laughs> tough. But but there are Dodgers fans, I would imagine, listening to this. It, it it's one thing to like have a great uh, batting percentage, uh, uh, you know, across your roster or whatever. But if every time you get somebody on base, you go cold, that lack of timely hitting just winds up being backbreaking. And and I think here with the Lakers tonight, what what felt like tangible. It, the difference being here is that like they, when they needed to hit that three that forced a timeout or took a lead or just got the lead into double digits, they made those ones, the ones that really, really matter in, in, in a way that you can really feel it as you're watching the game. And like, that was that, that to me was the difference here between yeah. what we've seen so far this season and and tonight and and eventually what became a win was that those timely threes that that really force the team that they're playing against to to really rethink some stuff. Yeah, and you talk about timely threes. I mean, Lonnie Walker just erupted in that third quarter. Um, he finished with three threes. I believe they were all in that little span there where Denver again was just hitting absolutely everything uh, that they put up, um, even the sidestep stuff, the turnarounds. And Lonnie Walker, look, he went off, and I think that's kind of what we envision at least I envisioned when I thought about this team I, I didn't think they were going to be great anywhere but I just thought like we would have some type of scoring punch off the bench or even with the starters and I think that's what it should kind of look like Kendrick Nunn his first three and then airballed I believe a mid-range shot 
and then was kind of done for the night. Um, but like Lonnie Walker being able to go off and, you know, stuff like that, I think would really help this team in terms of like just what they need in an offensive punch. The defense looks like it's still there. I thought they defended really well again tonight. Um, and again, with Austin Reeves, I think, Anthony, I, like, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of finished with the Patrick Beverly experience. Mostly, like, I know it's early, but, like, I, like I, I think he can still be an impactful player. I just think, like, our starters look better playing with, like, where Austin was in there for him. I just think Austin's a better shooter right now, at least. Like, he's been hitting them more, um, and he just has more off-the-bound stuff, a lot more passing stuff, like, in his game right now where Patrick Beverly just does a lot where I feel like that would be kind of more harness off the bench. Um, but, yeah, that, I think this is something we can definitely build on. And uh, but I want to ask you about that. Like, is it too soon to kind of make that that change? Like, that was kind of stuck in my notes here. I thought Austin Reeves was a big part of why we won this game. I thought he was our best defender on Jamal Murray tonight. Um, and I think that's like a move that that's coming to as well. It just You could see Patrick Beverly, I don't even think, closed this game. He finished playing 20 minutes tonight, uh, 21 minutes tonight. Just He was a minus nine. Um, in a game that the Lakers won going away. I just think Austin kind of fits that, and I think the kind of structure of the team is coming together. But uh, is, is it too soon to kind of be out on Patrick Beverly, I guess? I think so, like to be okay. out, out, you know? Not I, out, I, yeah, I, but like with but the Stavis. I mean, I think – I don't think it's too soon to be in on Reeves, right? Like oh, we, okay, yeah. We saw, we saw – him be one of the few bright spots last year and then this year basically the, the way that I was looking at his season was hey uh last year he looked great and surprised a lot of people when he didn't have expectations and mm-hmm. now that he has expectations how does he look relative to those and so far you know I, I think uh this season you know there's still some things that, that need to improve a little bit I thought I you know his shooting is always going to be I think the key to his game and, uh, you know, because he's always going to do the little things. He's always going to, to, to be as solid a defender as he, as, as he can try to be. But uh, if he isn't knocking down shots or if he's hesitating on shots, that's when I get a little nervous. Like the, the, one of my other favorite moments of the game was that deep three that he took that as he was going up, you could kind yeah. of see the thought bubble in his head like, holy shit, this is way further <laughs> out than I thought. And he, he, his, he cut his release down a little bit and, and he got the ball there to the rim and, and, and obviously made it. Um, that lack of hesitation, though, that's key. That's going to be really important, especially if, like, you're talking about he's, he's going to start. And whoever they have there, like, I think one thing that has really hurt Patrick uh, so far this year has been some hesitation on that shot. Like, if, if you're, you were brought here, to be like a version of Caruso, right? The, the, the three and D point yeah. guard essentially. And if you're reluctant to shoot threes, then that's half of the game. That's half of the reason that you're out there. And uh, between those two guys and basically between everybody else, if you are out there with LeBron and AD, and, and especially if you're out there with Russ, you cannot hesitate on the open threes that you get and you have to knock those down. And I think, I think what it's really going to come down to it with that, those extra spots, either in the starting uh, lineup or in the rotation over the course of a game, it's really going to come down to who's knocking down the shot. Who's, who, can, who can be steady on defense and consistent on offense? Right, exactly. And I, I just think he just fits so well. And I think Troy Brown kind of fits this as well. It's just like these connector types. Um, LeBron and AD kind of play a little slower pace, right? And I think, like, you need guys who just know, like, how to move in the half court, are kind of role player guys and just fit that really well. And Troy Brown, again, I, I've been asking for him to start 
um, since kind of in the beginning. He finally got two starts the last two games. And I think he just kind of fit what they need. Six rebounds, didn't really make didn't make a three tonight, but uh, four for eight from the four for eight from the field. Just kind of moves around the floor really well. Bat- battles inside. I thought he was a very important part of like keeping you know Jokic um, as contained as they were able to as you can. He still had twenty three and fourteen and six because. Jokic is just an absurd offensive player, but I thought like Troy Brown um, really helped that. You you talked about the jump shooting and like the you know you can't really um, you can't really pump fake or you know think too much. I think you know Anthony Davis's jumper was going tonight, and I think that's just so important. I've kind of gone back and forth with a lot of people on this. I think it's extremely important that his jumper is there. I think it just like it opens up his game to where he doesn't have to barrel to the rim every time to score. Right, like you see the ability to be able to hit a jab step jumper, and two plays kind of stood out to me on this uh, tonight. Denver made like a run coming back in the fourth quarter, I believe, to start. I think they cut the lead to five. Yep. Next two possessions were Anthony Davis gets the ball, clear out against Jokic, dribble into the paint, elevate over, swish. Uh, I think it was like a little mid fadeaway jumper. Next possession again, go right back to him, right in the post, uh, jab step pull-up jumper over Jokic. I think those shots are important. Stu was saying that those shots used to be layups for him. Um, I'm not sure they were exact layups, but, like, they were they were going in at an extremely high level. Um, and I think it's important that those shots go in. Maybe the three-pointer will just never return. I think he completely took that out of his game tonight. Didn't take a single three after taking multiple in the last few games. You could tell it was a uh, it was something that was um, – that was a point of emphasis to kind of get him more in that mid area, get him going to the basket 10 for 18 though. Um, But I think, do you agree with that? Anthony? like, I think his jumper, it has to be somewhat of a threat. So like, again, every time he touches his back, I just lose, I think a few years off my life, but (laughs) you might die in like 15 minutes then. (laughs) Oh man. Every, uh, every time it just, it just scares the hell out of me. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I think the jumper going in tonight just really, um, really helped his game and really opens up what he can do. So he doesn't have to barrel to the rim playing the five and, and attack the basket every time to score. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, you know, it's like being a pitcher or, or running an offense in, in football, right? Everybody gets so annoyed when a team runs on first down and stuff. And, and, and there is like, there is such a thing as being too conservative and and doing that too often and all of that. But like you do over the course of the game, when you have like a Derrick Henry on your team, or if you have, like, I grew up a Vikings fan. So I obviously watching Adrian Peterson, like if, if you keep doing that over the course of the game and you, and you wear out that defense, eventually that thing's going to pop and you're going to get 40 yards and, and essentially, you know, break the, the defenses back. And, and the threat of that forces them to defend a certain way. And I think with AD shooting, uh, that's the threat of him just rising up and taking essentially an unblockable jumper. Um, it forces the defense to play a certain way if he has it going. Now, the one thing I would say is that I don't think he'll ever be a good enough shooter that – a defense won't just give him those jumpers, you know? Sure. Um, so I, it makes it even more important for him to be good because, like, if you're AD and you're taking this shot that you probably practice a lot, you know, and, 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 and you know, you work on it a ton in practice, um, you, you well, I guess not too long in the offseason, but you'd certainly work on it a lot in, in the regular season. And 
Uh, it feels like it's unblockable. It feels like there's nothing a defense can do when you rise up and take that jumper. Um, it, it probably is pretty demoralizing to him when he isn't knocking it down. And I think it really kind of affects him on yeah. offense when, when, when he isn't making it. I think he's always going to play hard on defense. He's just wired that way. But on offense, like it, if he isn't, if he doesn't knock down, you know, a decent percentage of that of of those shots, he looks like a completely different player out there. So I think, as much a factor as it is for him and the way that he gets defended, I think just for just to have him see the ball go through the net, and I think eventually if he hits the mid range enough, yeah, maybe he gets a little bit more confidence and he shoots the three pointer with more confidence out there. I don't, I don't, I, I don't agree with people who say that like he should just never take them. If you're open, you 24 seconds isn't long enough to just pass up on wide open shots. Right. Uh, so I, you know, I, I would like for him to take open threes, but the way that the Lakers shot the ball tonight allowed him to to, to operate mm-hmm. closer to the basket. And I think again, it, it's it's very reductive, and it's probably really annoying to hear it over and over and over again. But the Lakers shooting is the story this season. Like they. Yeah. I don't think they're going to obviously be the worst shooting team in the history of the sport as they were in the first five games. I yeah. also don't think they're going to shoot 43% from three-point range. It's just a matter of where on that spectrum they, they land. And, uh, you know, the, the, the more capable they look from out there, it has such a ripple effect across the rest of the game. Right. Yeah. And it, again, like I said, it, it opens up your margin for error and, and they don't have to shoot though forty four percent, you know, like a thirty to like thirty five. I think like at the half they were at like thirty six percent, which I think is fine. That's like I believe league average around there. But even if they shoot a little bit lower than that, um, and then you talked about the timely threes. I think you know you're totally right about that as well. You got to hit them like when you're on a run or with like the you get three passes. You know what I mean? The ball kind of finds energy, mm-hmm. um, and you get those uh, three passes, swing, swing, and the ball goes up and it misses. Those are, like, disheartening to a team for sure, um, and we hit those tonight, and I don't think it's, like, out of the question for Lonnie Walker to have a game where he hits three threes, you know what I mean? Like, that shouldn't be, like, some crazy thing that happens. Russ, I'm not going to expect him to hit two threes a night, um, but Austin going two for four, like, no one shot, like, a crazy percentage. They just really turned down the attempts tonight, right? And I think yeah. that was a clear emphasis um, from team-wide I said before, too many people had a green light. Like, their light was way too green. Patrick Beverly as well still took some shots I disagree with. But one for four, it is only three tonight. Um, and I think it's. I think you're right. I think that uh, the three-point shooting is the story. But I don't think it has to be so insane to where to get this team. Just Anthony, but I mean, like, I feel like we should have won the Portland game. The Clipper game was, like, right there. Um, so one in five, I think, feels worse. But one in five is what it is. It just feels worse than, I guess, what I've seen on the floor. Like, I think this team is not a one on five team. They're not a five and O team or six and O team either. Uh, But I think they're somewhere in between there. And I think there's a chance um, to get some wins from there. Um, But I want to like move on to LeBron was getting a lot of washed comments in the first half. I thought that was kind of crazy. I just, it was, I thought that was way too early. Um, He missed a few layups, uh, but I thought he was pressing. I don't know if you saw that as well. I just thought like him and AD kind of understood that, this game was extremely important. I didn't think he was playing well, but I thought he was pressing at least. Just every possession he was going to the rim, trying to get something at the basket. He wasn't finishing at all. Um, but in the second half, he took he took over the offense. Somehow ends up with 26 points, uh, eight assists, six rebounds. Didn't look like it was too much of a difficult half for him. Jumpers were going. Um, and I think that's kind of the LeBron you kind of want to see, able to more facilitate, 
score in bunches instead of have to drop 35 for this team to win. Um, and I think, you know, the plan that I guess the team is going to be successful at when you can kind of get those other people contributing. But um, what do you th- what do you see from LeBron, I guess? Because I thought, you know, I thought the wash stuff was, was extremely early, seeing that roll around the timeline and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if I go so far as, like, washed. I, I think <laughs> – I think he looked checked out. Like I thought his body language wasn't, wasn't ideal in that first half. Um, I thought like one thing that I I said in the silver screen slack was that seeing him and Russ try to slide offhanded layups around defenders and try to like, you know, mess with shot blockers timing and get the ball up on the backboard below the rim so that it, Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it makes it harder or I guess harder to block without goaltending. Um, seeing him do that, like, that's the closest I came to saying, like, you know, quote unquote washed, but I, you know, I thought in the second half, he did a lot more finishing with his right hand. He did a lot more finishing, like through contact, not like looking to avoid it. Um, he had that one take on, on poor Jamal Murray, where he just (laughs) essentially stuffed him in the basket, you know? Yeah. And, and like, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, changed from the the first half to the second and and i don't i i'd be really curious to go back and and i'm i might actually pull you i might i might rewatch <laughs> well i usually rewatch them anyway but like in rewatching this one i really want to look for what clicked where mm-hmm. i thought he looked a lot more checked in um, i don't know if it was because of the way russ was playing i don't know if it was because of what he was seeing like from the crowd or or how he saw AD because I thought AD competed his ass off tonight, you know, yeah. so much so that it, like it made me nervous that he stayed in the game with that back thing. Um, but but I don't know what it was that LeBron saw that you know got him going in the second half. Whatever it was, more of that, please. Um, that that second half that he played was was significantly more fun to watch, obviously more productive and all of that stuff. And and I think also like this has been the case over the course of his career. This is how it is with every basketball team the team follows the 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 tone that the leader sets and mm-hmm. if LeBron is kind of checked out like I was actually kind of surprised that the Lakers uh were as competitive as they were in the first half given how checked out I thought LeBron looked and then once he really kind of once he really kind of zoned in that's where we saw that third quarter where I and I thought that's the best quarter of basketball they've played in in an actual calendar year yeah um and and I think I don't think that was a coincidence there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think in terms of like what, one of the red flags that the Lakers had last year was that it took LeBron scoring like 45 for them to go out and win games. And you knew that he couldn't do that. No. So this one being able to score like a relatively quiet 26 and dish out the 18 assists and and kind of sleepwalk through the first half and the Lakers still be able to win against a good Denver team that was at full strength. Remember, uh, MPJ didn't play in the first time that these mm-hmm. teams faced off. Um, that's, that's a really good sign. Yeah. And I think like, to me, I, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's like checked. Well, I didn't see checked out. I just think like LeBron load manages in between games as well. And I don't think he can be the, you brought up the Jamal Murray play, but I don't think he can just barrel to the rim and, you know, take all that contact for, uh, however many minutes he plays, the 37 minutes, um, how many minutes did he play tonight? 34 minutes tonight. Like, I just don't think that's something that's in the cards for him anymore. Like, he has, he has to kind of involve more of the jump shooting, be more of a playmaker through larger sets of the games. Well, try to I, I mean, I mean more, like, because like you said, he was pressing to get to the rim, right? Yeah. 
And I mean more that, like, if you're already there, you may as well go up strong. Might as well finish. <laughs> you know <yeah>. what I mean? <laughs> like, you already do all the work that it takes to get to the rim. You may yeah. as well finish when you get there. Um, it, it, and, and I think, you know, in the first half, I thought he was doing too much to avoid contact. Like, one of the things used to drive me crazy with Kuz was he was such a talented finisher that I thought he would do too much to try to, to finish around contact rather than accepting the contact, maybe not going through it the way that he did with Murray. And it's easy to do that to somebody who's like seven inches shorter and roughly a hundred pounds lighter. Like that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of guy that if he finishes through him or he tries to avoid him, that's when I really go like, Oh wait, what the hell is going on here? But if he's getting to the rim, you may as well go up strong. And, and I think you can mix it in. There are some places you can try to, to sneak it up with your left hand and stuff. But I thought when the Lakers were really struggling in the first half with finishing around the rim, a lot of it was just guys being too cute. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Russ missed, I believe, four in that first half. Um, again, LeBron missed a ton. They made AD missed a few bunnies at the rim as well. Um, but yeah, with LeBron, I just think like there's a lot of like there's a lot of plays tonight where he's like finished and like three guys are just on top of him, you know, and then he kind of shrugs it, shrugs it off. But I think that's just a lot of contact for him to for him to take there. But yeah, I agree. Like he should be finishing at the basket more. I just I wasn't really worried about LeBron. Like he's on a very low list of like worries for for this team for me. Like I think you know LeBron's pretty low. It's like shooting and a bunch of other things before I get to to my worry with LeBron. But yeah, I thought like there's just uh, this. This game free flowed a lot more. I thought, you know, against Minnesota where, you know, I think uh, AD didn't even play. He just had to do a ton on offense, um, especially in the other games as well. Since our shooting was so bad, um, he just had to pick up and, and score a bunch just to keep us in it. And I would hope tonight kind of is, is more what we see going forward. You know, I don't think we're going to see the 40% from three, but just a little help on the outside opens up his margins. And you saw the defense has to kind of think about it a little bit. There were some, there were possessions. And I think Denver, for the most part, wants to keep Aaron Gordon on LeBron um, just in one-on-one in -on -one matchups. But there's a little bit more space. LeBron can jab step, get to his jumper, um, and kind of close the game with his offense instead of, you know, when he sits, you know, they have to, they, they, they hemorrhage points. Um, and I thought he, really carried the game in the second half um and I guess just a few guys I had left winning Gabriel looks like he's taking your guy's spot Anthony I think Damon Jones is just looks like he's, he's unplayable right now um but I think winning Gabriel looks like the backup full-time center now like it looks like he's really taking that and I think he's played extremely well I think you know his motor has been fun uh to, to watch I think really in that second unit we're going to this, like, four-guard lineup. I don't know if you saw that tonight as well. We went, like, Russ, Nunn, Walker. Um, I think Reeves was the power forward with winning Gabriel. And I think that's stuff to get Russ going as well, get those five-out lineups. But I really like Wenyan. Like, I think he's I think he's really picked a spot in this rotation. Only played eight minutes tonight, but I thought they were impactful. I think they were important uh, with no real backup center. Damian Jones plays two minutes, uh, which kind of should tell you um, what they thought of him. He was a minus six in those two minutes. He was just disastrous. <laughs> to be fair, though, to be fair, it was against Jokic. Like so, those those six minutes, those uh, all two of those minutes were against Jokic, and Jokic but went you have right. One job. <laughs> that's like, that's fair. <laughs> I could at least pick up. He did. He, I guess he did pick up the one foul. He picked up yeah. one foul in in those two minutes. But like, I don't know. I, I again, like you know, nobody capes for this dude like I do. Um, I, I still don't think they're doing enough to get him like 
the easy looks that he needs to be effective on offense, you know, the, the, the dunks over the top of the defense and stuff like that. Like that's, if he, if he isn't doing that, it's kind of like having, you know, a Matt, uh, Matt Ryan out there and, and trying to give him the ball in isolation and take guys off of the dribble. Like if, if you don't, if you aren't trying to get Matt, uh, Matt Ryan open looks from three, then you may as well not have Matt Ryan out there. And I think if you aren't doing anything to, to put uh, Jones in, in pick and rolls and stuff like that and try to get him going downhill towards the basket and try to collapse the defense that way at the very least where they have to care about him as a finisher over the top of the, and dunk, then that's something that he's capable of doing. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with your larger point though about uh, Gabriel that he, he just, he fits with what we think the identity of the team should be. Right. right. Like it's just, he's somebody who works his ass off. He's somebody like this. The reason the Lakers have been competitive in, in any of these games is because is has been because the defense is as competitive as it's been. And I just think he fits in with that, that tonal uh, approach to basketball that, yeah, I might not be the biggest or, or I'm, I'm, I'm probably outsized by every player that I go against here, but I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to run like the gazelle that I am. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to dunk it whenever I possibly can. Um, mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that, yeah, like I, I, it drives me crazy to watch Damian Jones just kind of nonchalantly approach this game. Like, dude, you aren't good enough to play like that. <laughs> like you, it's, it's like, it's the Tyler and he's like the Tyler Ennis of bigs where Tyler would drive me insane with, with him not being good by NBA standards and also not trying. Um, Gabriel at least checks one of those boxes. I remember Jones as, I guess, faster the last time he was here. Like, I don't remember him. Uh, he tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I remember his first game. <laughs> he was on the 10 with... and he tried. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just remember him, uh, I guess, just being a lot more of an athletic big. I think he was supposed to fit that profile. And I think a lot of the passes um, that he's gotten have been kind of bounce passes or he hasn't been ready for them. A lot of the times LeBron throws him the ball and uh, the ball gets stripped. He gets stripped a lot going up. Um, an, an, an unfairly amount of times, um, but he gets stripped of the basketball a lot. The lobs aren't really timed correctly. LeBron tried to throw him one today, um, and I think it went out of bounds. It just it just hasn't fit the way I think most of us predicted him to start and to be out of the rotation is interesting. Um, but yeah, I thought Wenyan just is, is fits the kind of identity that this team needs. Just high motor players. Um, I think JTA is going to be important when he comes back. And Anthony, I think we're finding a structure of the roster of the team, right? I think Kendrick Nunn looks like he's eventually going to fizzle out of the roster, the rotation. Kendrick Nunn played three minutes tonight, which, yeah. like, again, like, that's not really even enough for to even see. But it was so bad that, like, it was such a quick pull, which which I think, you know, tells you the urgency I think Darvin Ham had with this game. Um, Matt Ryan comes in. Uh, uh, off of DoorDash, or is it DoorDash? DoorDash. Yeah, I think it's DoorDash. DoorDash, yeah. 12 minutes, uh, 11, uh, six points was a plus 11. Our best sets are when Matt Ryan plays. Like, you could tell that, like, Darvin Ham is just begging to have a shooter like him. Like, that's yeah. I think that's why he plays. But our sets are just so much more cleaner. We run him off of all these actions, um, and it just looks nice. So I think our rotation's kind of getting set here. We're starting to get a team that makes sense. Russ off the bench looks like it's going to stay, I believe. Um, I don't think, you know, this is a great, good or great team yet, but I think this is something we can build off, right? And I'm not trying to be too positive here. Obviously, we're still one in five, same record as the Nets, I believe. 
Um, but uh, we're, we're one in five, <laughs> not to compare over there. There's a lot of other stuff going on over there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think like this is a, a win at least to build off of. We play New Orleans on Wednesday who might, may or may not have Brandon Ingram. Uh, and then we play the Utah Jazz two out of the next three games. It goes Utah, Cleveland, and then Utah. Chance to make some momentum here, right? Or is it, or is it just going to go back to, to the same thing in a few days? I, it, it, you know, I'm sorry <laughs> to everybody listening that I keep repeating this. It's, it's the shooting. If they shoot anywhere near this well, then they're going to yeah. win. If they, if, like, if they don't, if they shoot anywhere near as poorly as they did uh, in the first five games, they're going to lose. And, um, yeah, I, I think, like you mentioned Matt Ryan, and, and this is where, like, tonight I keep racking my brain going back and forth because, like, clearly the only way that the Lakers can meaningfully improve this roster is to trade Russ and those, and those two first-rounders, right? That's it. They don't have any other options right now. Um, maybe you wait till later in the, in the season and you can combine uh, Nunn's contract with one or two veteran minimums or if, or if some team really buys in hard on Lonnie Walker, maybe you can combine those two contracts and get to, you know, 12 or 15 million in returning money. Um, but for right now, the only way that the Lakers can really improve is by trading Russell Westbrook. Thing is though, they don't win this game tonight without Russell Westbrook. And, mm, and clearly no I think he, he improves the team if he's in the proper role. And if he accepts the things that, that it takes to win basketball games, and he commits to doing those things then he makes the Lakers better. So, like, the reason I brought up Matt Ryan is the Lakers have looked significantly better offensively when they just yeah. have a shooter of his caliber out there um, to, to force the defense into, like, caring that somebody is wide open from three-point range. And imagine that player not being somebody who might have run late to the game tonight because he hit traffic delivering somebody's subway. Um Oh if, man! <laughs> if if like if it's Buddy Heald in that spot, and it's somebody that like is known for being absolutely elite at that thing, yeah. How much better do the Lakers look in those minutes? Right? Um, AD has been you know lumbering around these last couple games that we've seen him in and missed a game because of that back. Does it make sense to 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 go in and trade for Turner, who granted has his own like? you know, injury concerns literally landed on a ball boy and missed a week this year. Um, like absolutely fair to be worried about that. But yeah, tonight I find myself kind of wondering, and this is so funny and so stupid the way that the brain works, like they don't win that game without Russ. So what mm-hmm. does that mean? What do we do with that? What do we do with that information? Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I know we've delved into the, you know, the trade machinations and, I would like to give him like a team where he can kind of build off of at least for a little while, right? I think it'd be nice to like this is working. Let's kind of see, and I think you know those deals will will be there. Um, but yeah, the, like Russ out the bench, it worked, and yeah, you don't win this game without him. But I think the great part is that since he's coming off the bench, like if you if Russ was not playing well, you do not have to close with him. Like you can you could have closed with Austin Reeves or whoever, and I think that's just a nice you know thing to have in your back pocket. Um, and yeah, look, they could make a move. They don't, but I think like this team has at least a chance. I, I try to look at constants and so I think the defense is a constant though, right? Like I think Darvin Ham has Russell Westbrook playing defense at a level we didn't see at all last year. 
like at all. And I don't know what he, what got to him to do that. But Ralph, that's... I don't think we saw LeBron playing as hard as he as he played tonight defensively. That one play, like everybody focused on what Lonnie did to poor Michael Porter Jr. out there, where he was just kind of pivoting and <laughs> you know urinating all over himself before he eventually shot a, an air ball, like. That was cool to watch over there, but that was all created by LeBron fronting, full fronting Jokic and refusing to allow him to get the ball in the post. Denver had no idea what to do there. We didn't see that kind of commitment from LeBron, especially off ball, ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was not something that we ever saw last year. And so, yeah, like absolutely, Russ is doing more defensively. We saw what he did to like Kawhi in the game that uh, against the Clippers, right, in the post where he was doing the same thing. He was full fronting, and for some reason, NBA players have no idea how to throw the ball into the post with the full front. Um, but you know what? Take advantage of that. So long as that's apparently a market inefficiency, keep on doing that shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They compete with those guys. They, they compete. They believe in, in the, the concepts that, that Ham has brought to the table here, and, and I, I agree. I think the defense is for real. Yeah, so the defense not only is is real, we have an identity that we've gone full board into, right? There's no uh, one half into playing big and one half, one foot into playing big and one foot into playing small, right? We've gone full LeBron, I'm sorry, we've gone full AD at center. Like that's a, our full rotation. AD does not play any minutes at the power forward anymore. And I think number two, the defense is real. And you when you combine those two, your team can kind of start to, you know, have some consistency somewhere, right? Okay, Russ comes off the bench now. We get the lineups. People's minutes start to make sense. Um, a couple games go some other way. That's why I was worried about the losses piling up. I still saw good stuff. But I was like, their buy-in is going to die. Like, And I think we saw that last year around January or I'm not sure the exact date. But at some point, the players started to kind of just give up on the season. I can't really pinpoint the exact date. But, like, there was a point where they just stopped. What was opening night? What was <laughs> We were uh, opening night. We should have won too, actually. Um, but, but, uh, oh, that was a rough one. Uh, but yeah, like there was a point last season where the team just kind of gave up on the season, and I I was worried about that happening this year. But yeah, like Ham not only has Russ playing hard, Lonnie Walker, who came in with a lot of defensive questions, right? A lot of people asking, how is he on defense? He doesn't really give effort. You talk to San to Spurs guys, they say he was a terrible defender. He comes in here and has been our second or first best. Uh, first of us, uh, point of attack defenders, guard defenders that we put on. Uh, we had him guarding uh, Damian Lillard to close a game recently. Like, that's how much trust we put in it. Now, Dame hit the game winner, but yeah. <laughs> 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 process, Anthony. <laughs> process. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. But, but yeah. <laughs> it's Damian Lillard. Like, I can't be mad at that. Dame's hit game yeah. winners over and he's going to hit more over other people too as the season as his career continues but yeah like we've had Lonnie Walker you know defending well um, and again like has Russ playing well Anthony Davis has been um, just absolutely incredible on that end as well so like I think there's those are our constants and what we can build out from that and then maybe later on a trade kind of emerges or or opens up but I think until then this is kind of the roster and I think the at least the core of it is starting to make some sense, and we do have some winnable games coming up. Utah is playing well, but those are games you should win. Like uh, if you're a serious basketball team that who has serious hopes for this season, um, you should get at least. I would hope for both of those wins, but at least one of them. Um, and it was fun to have a conversation about a win. Honestly, like this is. Uh, it was it was fun to finally talk about um, some positive 
basketball that re- that yielded some good results for once. Yeah. I, I, I misspoke earlier. I guess one option that the Lakers have, and it, again, I don't think it would be meaningful improvement here, but like technically speaking, in like a month or so, uh, they can move uh, Patrick Beverly and say none and one of those picks and maybe bring in a wing, right? Um, two expiring contracts, you know, one guy's a young guy, Pat, you know, some team might convince themselves that they need his leadership or whatever. Like technically speaking, if if the Lakers, if Russ like really buys into this role and really commits to the kind of things that he was doing tonight, like on and off the ball, especially defensively, um, I guess technically that another path opens up. And and like I, I guess uh, you know, in, in in fairness to the approach that the Lakers are taking here, um, if they they if they backed themselves into a corner and made a trade right now, they'd be doing so with zero uh, other paths ahead of them. And if Russ commits to doing this stuff, um, then another potential path opens up and that, and that winds up giving you some extra leverage here. Now this all could, you know, we'll see if this was a flash in the pan. We'll see if, if Russ continues to, 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 you know, commit to these things. Um, It's, it's, I think just as likely that he doesn't. And he, you know, and, and if he doesn't, then you're limited back to the one path that you had ahead of you. Um, but, but like tonight at least gives you a little bit of hope. Like, like, like you're talking about, it gives you, I don't know if I would necessarily go so far as to say, like, can the Lakers get some win loss momentum here, given how yeah. Utah has played early and, and given what we've seen from Cleveland, like, uh, I don't know that I would go so far as like Zion has looked incredible too. So like, I don't, I don't know. And, and we also have to see how AD looks like he had to sit down to do his post game interview. That kind of terrifies me. <laughs> Um, but like in, in terms of finding constants and, and stacking them up on each other and laying a foundation for progress, I think tonight can very well serve that purpose. Yeah. I think, you know, like every, honestly, every coach that, you know, especially a new one that comes out, they always say, we're working on defense and then worry about the offense later. Right. That's usually a common quote you get in training camps or whatever. Um, but I do think that's a good base, at least for a brand new roster, brand new team just set a base of a good defense. And I think they've, they've laid that out. I think, I think they've done well. Um, you take out those Denver, just absolute Hail Marys. And they've really held the Nuggets to a really good, like defensive night. Um, Denver, I think shot 42% from the field. A lot of that, again, a lot of tough shots to kind of build that percentage up. Um, but I think that's a good base. Uh, last, last two things here. I thought Russ finally is having fun. Like he looked like he was having fun playing basketball. And I thought that was cool. Like to him, like kind of be able to embrace the crowd and enjoy it, and uh, I think that was like one of the few times, at least, we've kind of seen that in a long time. Him kind of getting the crowd going. Um, I remember Charles Bar- Char- Bar- Charles Barkley's comments a couple weeks ago about you know the Lakers have kind of took the life out of Russ. Um, I think that was kind of an extreme, but I think I understood what he was saying with that, and you could see Russ like starting to embrace his role. I guess, right, coming off the bench, embracing that, like, hey, I'm just going to be a bull in the china shop. I'm going to get to the rim every single time. I'm going to attack the basket. And you can kind of harness that through a game. And then Ham can kind of plug and play instead of um, having him with the starters. Uh, I think that that really works well. And hopefully, like you said, that's something that uh, he can continue. But, uh, Anthony, I have a quick baseball, I guess, question for you. Uh, My friend, uh, I think he made this comp, and I'm wondering if it makes sense. He said Anthony Davis is – like I think we were talking about a few games, and he said Anthony Davis is like a pitcher who also has to hit like 
home runs for his team. Does that make sense? Is that like a baseball comp that I guess makes sense for Anthony Davis or like Anthony Davis is Shohei, I guess. Um, like, like he he's who? Shohei Otani. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is crazy. Like, <laughs> like the most unique athlete of our lifetimes. You're like, who? No, I've heard, guy, of, I've heard um, of him. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess so, he was saying, like, that's his load on this – was his load on this team, I guess. Like, he's having to, like, be a deep... – is the pitcher the most important – I think it is, right, on defense? He's your most important yeah, defensive I mean, player. He's, he controls, like, how everything <laughs> kind of falls into place. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I think it's something to that um, – I, 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 I would just huh? say, like, what, what AD is having to do defensively – like. What the Lakers are doing defensively right now is simply because Anthony Davis is a freaking alien on that right. side of the ball. Like what he can do on the perimeter, like they, um, I was watching, I was actually able to watch some of the spectrum like pregame show tonight and uh, they, they had, you know, maybe Mia did this cause she, she works over there at, at spectrum, but they put together like a, a package of, of AD playing defense. And there's so many times that like you could see a, a, uh, a guard driving into the basket and like looking for Anthony Davis. And then mm-hmm. that forces that player into a pass that doesn't create the advantage that that drive to the basket should have. And it's just like the, the, the possibility that AD can swoop in and do some freaking Martian Manhunter thing <laughs> right. and, and ruin a play is, is such a weapon. And, you know, I, I think, there was reason to be a little nervous about Darvin Ham um, employing drop coverage with AD because you're sitting there saying, "Why would you, why why would you limit your best defender in that way?" But the one nice thing about drop coverage is that it keeps AD in a place where he will 100% be impacting every play because the point of offense is to get the ball inside and then and then if need be kick it out outside. But, like, eventually you want the ball to touch the key and want to bend the defense. And if AD is in the middle of, of, of that paint and or in the middle of that action, he's going to severely limit whatever it is that offense is trying to do. And, and I, you know, the Lakers' defense at this point, you and I agree, looks for real. And it is one zillion percent because Anthony Davis is, is just that kind of insanely talented presence out there. And, and, and again – like this is goes back to why you I you know those of us who who really wanted him to focus on on playing center like this is why you want him to do those things because he's not bumping into JaVale or Dwight defensively he's not like the the first game of the season when he had uh, Damian Jones out there it looked like they was just like oh excuse me like on every <laughs> single on every single rotation they like had to hold the door open for each other um, this game and, and, and since then when AD has focused on playing the center and focused on anchoring that defense, he's been incredible. Uh, he probably won't get the credit for it because the Lakers are one in five. Um, uh, but, but good God, what this guy is doing on that side of the court is, is in, insane. Yeah. It's, it's been fun to watch him. I'm trying to learn about other sports as much as I can, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> One thing I was uh, – we'll close on this. What I was wrong about was I thought Patrick Beverly and AD would be an incredible defensive combination uh, together um, because, I, you know, just Patrick Beverly's not only defensive reputation but watching him. But, like, he's not really a chaser, right? Like, he's – I think he – and a lot of times, I think he does a lot of extra stuff that I just think, like, 
I, I think he you kind of, like, <laughs> like he loses he loses the advantage he had in the first place by trying to create it like some extra advantage if that makes sense like he's trying to yeah. trick he's trying to trick the ref while he's already in a good position and at least like an open three but anyway like uh but I thought I think Lonnie Walker and AD are just a really fun defensive combo because they're both like super special athletes in extremely different ways, right? Lonnie Walker at the guard position, high jumper, can kind of dunk like crazy. Anthony Davis with the long wingspan. And they work really together. And you talked about in that drop coverage, like it's very important to have a guard that can chase around. And Lonnie Walker is very good at that. He gets skinny around screens. He stays attached. Um, and it's been fun watching them two grow as defenders as well. Lonnie kind of understands, okay, I can pressure here because I have 80 behind me. Or AD knows, like, hey, I can kind of drop back because Lonnie is connected on the backside. So it's been fun. I'm, I'm hoping this team can kind of grow and, and get some time to kind of uh, kind of learn and, and do that while winning and having a serious season. Um, and hopefully this is the first of many. Uh, but this was fun. Uh, Anthony, anything to close out here? And any other last thoughts from this one? No, no. Uh, just that if you guys are listening to this and you feel like you missed anything, I'm going to be po- you know grabbing the audio from this and putting it onto the Silver Screen Roll podcast feed, which you can subscribe to everywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, I'm going to be recording a lowdown, and then also tonight, Hani and Jacob are going to be recapping the game, and that'll be on that same feed. Awesome. Yeah, make sure you listen to all of those. Thanks again for everyone who listened tonight. Um, this is fun. Uh, this has been your post-game spaces, and we'll be back uh, on the, after the next game. <laughs>